As you may or may not be aware, at the start of this year, and based on the results of the recent election, Republicans took control of the House of Representatives. And the first order of business is, you know, the typically uneventful process of appointing a new House Speaker. And now that Nancy Pelosi has, Nasty stepped down, Nancy. has stepped down to make way for the Republican Party's nominee, which appears to be Kevin McCarthy of California. We're keeping it here on the, the best coast. Uh -huh. So one Californian for another Californian. Yeah, let, let's just check in and see how that whole process is going, though. It is day one of the 188th Congress, and House Republicans now are on the verge of becoming a total clown show if they're not careful. Maybe the right person for the job of Speaker of the House isn't someone who wants it so bad. The only winner here is Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer, and Hakeem Jeffries. These 19 folks are trying to hold the rest of us hostage, and it's not going to work. Keep this in mind. Until Republicans can agree on a speaker, the House is basically frozen, meaning they can't even swear in new members or investigate Biden like they promised. The ordinary American is sitting home yep. and saying, what the heck is wrong with these people? <laughs> we now have the majority in the House and they can't get along with each other. I wish I could say that Kevin McCarthy supported President Trump as much as we do and as much as President Trump is supporting him right now, but that's just not the truth. Lauren Boebert, under $2 million from Kevin McCarthy to get elected. Many more people have taken Kevin McCarthy's money to get elected and then there's a few of them that don't want to support him as speaker. Some of the reasons that these people have for not voting for McCarthy are unbelievably petty. Unbelievably petty. This is about showmanship. This is about notoriety. It has nothing to do with the conservative agenda. And yet this kamikaze wing within the Republican Party knows better than 85% of the rest of the conference. Jimmy doesn't want the job for very good reasons. So I, I, don't, I don't know what happens. There are a handful of people who want gavels and want things that they can't get based on merit and they can't get it based on intelligence, but they want it given to them by the Speaker of the House and Kevin said no. And critically, McCarthy is willing to spend the next two years living in hotel rooms raising money for his party ahead of a historic presidential election. What other Republican in the House is willing to do that? Well, as of tonight, and we have checked, no one has stepped forward. Yesterday, our colleagues on the other side of the aisle were tweeting their bags of popcorn that they had out. They love it. The schadenfreude is palpable. Look, uh, newly elected representative uh, Greg Landsman, uh, he couldn't be here today. He's uh, dealing with trying to figure out who's going to be the next speaker of House of Representatives. Um, and I uh, wish him a lot of luck. Um, My favorite president, call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. I'm a little I'm a little upset. You know, here we had President Trump come out with a very powerful endorsement of Kevin McCarthy, and you have 20 members of our caucus essentially thumb their nose at the former president, saying we are above, it's not above the House, we are above the party. McCarthy has now lost six times in a row. What's next? Well, you can look at it that way, or you can look at it uh, from the perspective that Kevin McCarthy uh, won the vote among Republicans over 200 members to 26 times. I'm informed by House Security that technically I don't have a clearance. I, I'm a member of the Intel Committee, I'm on the Armed Services Committee, and I can't meet in the skiff to conduct essential business. 
My point is we have work to do that we can't do right now. You have 20 people demanding that 201 surrender to them unconditionally. Well, I will not surrender unconditionally. If you have conditions, give them to us. We'll consider them. Doesn't mean we'll do them, but you have to talk about them. But we've asked and we've asked, what is it you want? What do you need? Back to our top story right now, the truly historic humiliation of Congressman Kevin McCarthy on the House floor after suffering yet another string of defeats in the race for the speakership. Do you have a, I mean, do you have a deal with those guys right now? No, 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 not really yet, but a lot of progress. Does that mean no vote tonight? I don't think voting tonight is productive. I think uh, that people work a little more. Oh, you've got reservations about Kevin McCarthy? You don't want to be ruled by a man who wears a Ukrainian flag lapel pin and lives with Frank Luntz? No problem. We get it. Let us tell you how he's better than you think he is. Let us try and change your mind. Let us try to convince you. This is not a crisis yet. It's not. Should Republicans have worked all this out in private long before yesterday? Yeah, absolutely. And behind the scenes, I can tell you I spoke to many of them, and I urged many of them to work it out. They apparently did not listen to my advice. Kevin McCarthy has 202, three votes. Your side has 20. So if I'm going to use your words and your methodology and your math, uh, isn't it time for you to pack it in? There are certainly names that are be being floated around, and hey, maybe I should nominate President Donald J. Trump tomorrow. We're showing that we are willing to work to unify the Republican Party and get the right okay, person. Okay, sure, and, in and maybe it's going to be me and Kim Kardashian and anyone else who can be out there. Would you How like me to nominate you, you tomorrow? How long are you willing to wait? I mean, the American people voted you in. You As waited some of my for this, right? You we could be here power. until the cherry blossoms bloom. We are uh, in what was this day three? Yeah, ten. This? How does it feel? How, how are you feeling about all this? I'm angry about it. You know why? They're making the Republicans look ridiculous. First of all, I like Kevin McCarthy. Okay, why wasn't this done ahead of time? Why are we doing this in front of the public? We look like a bunch of fools. This is not democracy. This is a televised hijacking. It should be hard to become Speaker of the House in this country. Very hard. If you want to be the guy who's second in line from the presidency in America, you've got to work for it. And Kevin McCarthy certainly has worked for it this week. Whatever you think of him, you get the feeling McCarthy would crawl naked through a sewer to get this gig. I think he's going to be a better speaker for all of this if it ends within 48 hours. I think that's right. Humiliation is good for people. It's been good for me. I'll say that. Oh, all right. Well, in case you're keeping count at home, Kevin McCarthy has been nominated and failed to achieve the necessary votes 10 times in a row. I think it's 11 times, actually, as of when we're recording this. Yeah. And by the time this goes up. Who knows? It could be uh, 20, could be 30. He, he has broken a record that has stood in place for over 100 years. Quote, today the House broke a 100-year record as Republican leader Kevin McCarthy failed on the 10th ballot in his bid for Speaker. With Republicans lacking the votes to adjourn, the House held its fourth vote late Thursday afternoon, and the outcome was the same, with a group of opposing Republicans sending McCarthy to defeat. In 1923, Speaker Frederick Gillette Republican of Massachusetts, was re-elected on the ninth ballot. No other business in the House can proceed without a speaker. Our hands are tied. Uh, Is that really a bad thing that our government simply can't legislate? Uh, can't I, do, govern I do like Lauren Boebert's take on this is that it's actually saving everyone money by holding up the process. Is it, though? No, it's not. Yeah. But <laughs> since this whole thing is uh, relatively unprecedented, uh, we're not exactly sure what's going to happen next, but we definitely love watching them fight. It appears as though Republican lawmakers will keep meeting with McCarthy in order to strike deals and hopefully 
find concessions, I guess, but they've been doing that for weeks now. This is all like the, it's the, the Marjorie Taylor Greens of the party who got stripped of like committee assignments because they're batshit crazy in the previous term. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want Kevin McCarthy to give them their committee assignments back, but I, I think he's also, he said like, okay, sure, but like that's not good enough. I don't know what the fuck they want. They, the, ca- the, the, the dog has caught up with the car. Yeah. And it's just sort of sniffing around the tires. It doesn't know what to do with the car. Uh-huh. But look, it's pretty clear that the new year has been a complete train wreck for House Republicans so far. And it's even resulted in some copy pasta that is allegedly being shared around D.C. And we do say allegedly because it is so ridiculous that there's simply no way that politicians are actually sharing this. No politicians under 35, I would imagine. Or they're so old that they think they're hip just by sharing it. But I I can't imagine that this is really happening. But we do love a good copy pasta, don't we, folks? And this one's a classic. Yeah, but this one is also, it's good because it has been altered to explain current uh, situations, which is always wonderful to see. So let's take a look at what uh, some allege is being shared. Um, By the way, we can't, there's so many emojis. We're just going to say that all emojis are implied because there's a lot of them. You'll see them on the screen. Okay, here we go. Pull up to the Capitol, but not like an insurrection, because today the new Congress is being sworn in. Say goodbye to Nervous Nancy and Coxie voting, and hello to my Kevin, if the Freedom Caucus lets him win on the 69th ballot. Come watch the freshmen defend the Cox Dictation <laughs> and faithfully discharge the duties of their office. Send this to 60 people, or else your hole will be filibustered. Send to 218 people, or you won't meet. Quorum. (laughs) If you get 535 back, then your ass is in the union. But if you get zero back, then you're an unpaid intern. I love it here. But um, one new House Republican had all the attention before Kevin McCarthy, all this business with him failing to convince his own party to elect him as Speaker of the House. And that person is none other than George Santos. A new character appears. George Santos, who may turn out to be one of the most prolific liars in a town filled to the brim with prolific life. Yeah. Now, technically, George Santos hasn't actually been sworn in as a member of the House of Representatives, uh, dis- despite winning his election in the state of New York. And that's because, well, there's no Speaker of the House because Republicans can't govern. Do not pass go. Uh, so that didn't stop George Santos from immediately starting his term uh, in Congress by lying, because that's what he does. And this is after weeks of being called out for various increasingly outrageous lies. On Monday of this week, Santos released an official statement to his website that read, U.S. Representative George Santos was sworn in as a member of the United States House of Representatives by the Speaker of the House on January 3rd, 2023. Hmm. All factual errors. So, like we said, as of when we filmed this, and probably as of when this is uploaded, Mm -hmm. and who knows, as of a month from now, there's no Speaker of the House. And so there certainly was not a Speaker of the House a few days ago when George Santos posted this, so no one was sworn in, and his official post it has since been deleted, mm-hmm. quietly. But after a month or so of journalists looking over some of Santos's previous statements, as well as academic and professional references, this lie about being sworn in when he actually wasn't seems pretty quaint, or at the very least just standard operating procedure from the newly elected congressman from New York. So let's take a look at Who the hell George Santos thinks he is, (laughs) the lies he tells, and the potential investigations into some of his statements that have raised alarm bells in his congressional district, considering he was elected by constituents 
who don't even really know who the real George Santos is, and by all accounts, didn't really look into it, including the press. No one, no one really gave this guy a second glance. It was all right there. Mr. Police, I gave you all the clues. All you had to do was basic due diligence. Democrats fucking dropped the ball here. This is someone's job was this, to, was this to was, dig this guy's dirt up. This was served up on a silver platter. And yeah. Anyone could have like peeled back and been like, hey, this guy says he's Jewish. And this was also one of the Democrats, uh, you know, the, the, the reason we lost the House, it wasn't because of like swing states or anything. It was because of the state of New York fucking yeah. blowing it. There you so go. he's a member of the House from New York. So it's like especially just like embarrassing that any of this is fucking happening. It's a good start to the year. Anyway, here's the New York Times. He is the son of Brazilian immigrants and the first openly gay Republican to win a House seat as a non-incumbent. By his account, he catapulted himself from a New York City public college to become a, quote, seasoned Wall Street financier and investor with a family-owned real estate portfolio of 13 properties and an animal rescue charity that saved more than 2,500 dogs and cats. Aww. But a New York Times review of public documents and court filings from the United States and Brazil, as well as various attempts to verify claims that Mr. Santos made on the campaign trail, calls into question key parts of the resume that he sold to voters. Citigroup and Goldman Sachs, the marquee Wall Street firms on Mr. Santos's campaign biography, told the Times they had no record of his ever working there. Officials at Baruch College, which Mr. Santos has said he graduated from in 2010, could find no record of anyone matching his name and date of birth graduating that year. This is, uh, I'm loving what Gen Z is bringing to U.S. politics. Mm -hmm. This is, because this is, we all, uh, we all grew up increasingly realizing that no one fucking reads resumes. Yeah, no and, one checks. <laughs> and so, like, it really doesn't matter. You can lie. It's just a matter of knowing how much you can lie. And in what role you are attempting to fill and uh, the importance of that role. Because like, if you were... You applying for a job at Best Buy, is like, yeah, I worked down at, like, the Apple store for, like, two years. Sure. Yeah. Even higher uh, than that. Like, uh, going up to, like, middle management level. Just yeah. fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. You're not really changing the world. You're not doing anything. Yeah, it's an approach that <laughs> millions of people in this country do every day. It's uh, less less typical to see it applied to um, elected office, but here we are. Yeah. Anyway, it continues. There was also little evidence that his animal rescue group, Friends of Pets United, <laughs> was, as Mr. Santos claimed, a tax-exempt organization. The Internal Revenue Service could locate no record of a registered charity with that name. His financial disclosure forms suggest a life of some wealth. He lent his campaign more than $700,000 during the midterm election, has donated thousands of dollars to other candidates in the last two years, and reported a $750,000 salary and over $1 million in dividends from his company, the DeVolder, the DeVolder Organization. Hmm. Uh, yet the firm, which has no public website or LinkedIn pages, something of a mystery. On a campaign website, Mr. Santos once described DeVolder as his family's firm that managed $80 million in assets. On his congressional financial disclosure, he described it as a capital introduction consulting company, a type of boutique firm that serves as a liaison between investment funds and deep-pocketed investors. But Mr. Santos's disclosures did not reveal any clients, an omission three election law experts said could be problematic if such clients exist. Mm -hmm. And while Mr. Santos has described a family fortune in real estate, he has not disclosed, nor could the Times find, records of his properties. At the same time, new revelations uncovered by the Times, including the omission of key information on Mr. Santos's personal financial disclosures and criminal charges for check fraud in Brazil, have the potential to create ethical and possibly legal challenges once he takes office. That check fraud was in Brazil. Leave me alone. 
Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's double jeopardy. You can't be charged for the same crime in when you go to a different country. I got all the crimes out of my system in Brazil. It's fine. Um, this guy, the, my only crime now will be a crime against fashion and how I dress in the chambers. The check fraud thing is uh, that's a throwback. I finally got around to watching the Tinder Swindler over mm -hmm. uh, the holiday. Great documentary, mm. fascinating. But uh, is that the one about the is is about the woman that owned the restaurant in New York? Uh, no, it's about a man uh, who figured out how to do a romance. He did, he figured out how to do a Ponzi romance scam ah. by basically like getting. Be, he shows up, he's super rich. Uh, he eventually, he's like, oh no, like the banks stole, they froze my accounts. Can I just borrow like, I don't know, ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000? He gets that, uh, ghosts Pays that, off the other ghosts people, that yeah. woman, and then spends that on like a Bentley rental and like nice clothes and private jet so he can seduce the next woman mm -hmm. before he eventually is like, ah, you know, I got all this money in the bank, but I can't get to it. Can I borrow this? And he's just like flipping it over and over again. But he started back in Israel with check fraud uh -huh. before uh It's essentially the uh, the romantic version of trading a paperclip into a house. Yes. Yeah. There you go. With just a, a long trail of victims <laughs> whose lives have been fucking ruined. ruined. Yeah. But reporting, uh, back to Santos, reporting <laughs> elsewhere delves further into uh, Santos's so far unsubstantiated claims, including that he is uh, the biracial descendant of Ukrainian Jews. So hot right now. In his campaign biography, Santos wrote that his maternal grandparents were Jews who fled persecution in Ukraine, settled in Belgium, fled once again during World War II, and finally settled in Brazil. He said the family changed their original name, which was Zabrowski, in a February interview with Fox News. Quote, I've seen how socialism destroys people's lives because my grandparents survived the Holocaust. What the fuck Santo are you talking about? Santos said in a 2021 campaign video. Wow. Uh, several outlets, including The Forward and CNN, looked into Santos's mother's heritage and found no evidence of Jewish, Jewish ancestry. Uh, Santos's maternal grandparents were born in Brazil and have no Ukrainian or Jewish roots, according to genealogy websites reviewed by The Forward. Quote, I never claim to be Jewish, Mr. Santos told The New York Post. Quote, I am Catholic because I learned my maternal family had a Jewish background. I said I was Jewish. Mm, that's incredible. And, and no, you didn't say you were Jewish. You multiple times multiple said, times said that you were Jewish. You said you were a Jewish American. Um, interesting. Well, if you took it that way, then that's your fault, I guess. Also, the line, uh, using the Holocaust, which was perpetrated by Nazis, mm -hmm. to try to make, to try to score some points on, like, this is why socialism doesn't work, is fucking insane. That's yes. like, that's more, that's lower than, like, I don't know. You don't see that. That's like trolling 101. You don't see that card played a lot. Yeah, and because there's a reason why. Like, yeah, that, that was like a card that was played on the early internet and was like, oh, yeah. oh, you know what? Words meaning things is kind of hard to understand. I mean, yeah, like Republicans, they love to say like, oh, national socialism didn't work because it's socialism. But like you never see it taken to the extent like my family escaped the Holocaust, yeah. which was, of course, the fault of socialists. Mm -hmm. Like you don't see that often because it's fucking gross. What yeah. are you doing? But anyway, circling back to Santos's mother for a second. Astonishingly, this woman has died twice. Mm -hmm. Just like James Bond. You only died twice. Yeah, th which is impressive. So she died once on 9-11, and she died again in 2016, just before Christmas. In July 2021, Santos replied to a Twitter account named 9-11 was a victimless crime. That's Jeez, the Twitter account Jesus name, yeah. Jesus Christ. 9-11 uh, claimed my mother's life, so I'm blocking so I don't ever have to read this again, Santos wrote. 
In December 2021, Santos tweeted to reflect on the fifth anniversary of his mother's death in 2016. Quote, December 23rd this year marks five years. I lost my best friend and mentor. He wrote, Mom, you will live forever in my heart. Okay, on his campaign website, Santos' team acknowledged that while, quote, George's mother was in her office in the South Tower on September 11, 2001, when the horrific events of that day unfolded, she was not among the more than 2,700 people killed at the World Trade Center. Quote, she survived the tragic events on September 11th, but she passed away a, a few years later when she lost her battle to cancer. The website, the campaign website reads, while many first responders and people around Ground Zero later developed health problems, including cancer, because of exposure to the contaminated air, critics were quick to draw attention to the latest inconsistency in Santos's personal story, as well as point out that 15 years was more than a few years later. Yeah. And, yeah, it's a little fucking weird. And it, it goes without saying that the victims of 9-11 who lived through the initial attack only to develop debilitating and deadly diseases as a result uh, should be and should have been taken care of by their own country. That's us. Unfortunately, Santos's own party has been a consistent roadblock towards legislation needed in order to provide direct funding to these victims and their families. It's a weird hill that they are consistently willing to die on. If, yeah, it is. It, it's but very strange. The reason they won't is because uh, slippery slope. You start giving free health care to uh, fucking heroes who uh, literally dug through the rubble of 9-11, and then uh, people are going to be like, hey, why not also give free health care to all to the wounded <laughs> children at a, at a school that was yeah. shot up? That, uh, you know, we, like, a lot of school shootings. We can't pay for all these wounded children. Anyways, in addition to the tragedy that was 9-11, Santos also claimed to be connected to another tragedy, the Pulse nightclub shooting. While being interviewed by WNYC in November, Santos claimed that his company had lost four employees in the Pulse LGBTQ nightclub massacre in Orlando in 2016. The Times reviewed obituaries and news reports about the shooting and found that none of the 49 victims appeared to have worked for Santos. This man is stealing valor all over the place. It, it is, it, what, what do we call it again where you like, you just throw so much fake stuff onto it that the, it's hard to... The fire hose of disinformation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. this doesn't feel like that. Like, that's an actual strategy. This is just like, this is just pathological lying. Yeah, there's there's something really wrong here, I feel this like. This is like, uh, I feel like we all met at least one person like this in college who had like just every fucking disease known to man and like, yeah. just always talking about their life. And it's like, wow, a lot of the, that's crazy. And then you're like, wait a second, this person's full of shit. Yeah. They're just lying because they absolutely have to. And look, these are all claims that have been fact-checked in, in just the past few weeks. Uh, far too late, uh, in my opinion. But it is safe to say that uh, we're probably in for plenty more where this came, uh, where this came from. Um, especially since he seems to be buddying up with Marjorie Taylor Greene, of all people, which is a match made in heaven. Yeah. Also, uh, Brazil, apparently, they're like, yeah, no, we... that." We're not letting that go, by the way, buddy. They, uh, they sent uh, <laughs> Bolsonaro up here to uh, bring him back. Yeah, prisoner exchange. Yeah, he just stopped at KFC in Miami as like a little... He was hungry, obviously. So. I am so excited for Jair Bolsonaro's new life as a Florida man. Mm -hmm. um, it's exact, It's where he belongs. Yeah. It's where he great. belongs. Maybe... And he he's... For many years to come, he will continue getting COVID every six months or so. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he has it now. Yeah. yeah, the man is a walking uh, Petri dish. <laughs> but enough about politics for now. Let's get to more news in the second half of the show. 
But first, let's take a second and thank today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Mm -hmm. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Looking for an easy way to eat well and save money this year? Cut back on expensive takeout and delivery and get started with HelloFresh. You'll love how fast, easy, and affordable it is to whip up a restaurant quality meal right in your own kitchen. And that's the thing too. It is so satisfying to cook for yourself. It's something that you should have learned uh, a lot earlier in life, but uh, luckily now there uh, is a service like this that uh, helps you along the way. And it does feel good to uh, master the art of cooking. And I especially like the more... Um, Quick meals? Uh, well, the quick ones, and yeah. I, I like the more, the more, uh, how do I guess, ethnic ones, the ones uh, from parts of the world that I do not have the spices for. The recipes they, that you wouldn't otherwise try. But like, especially like, it requires spices and ingredients that you simply do not have in your kitchen and you don't want to buy a big thing of it. Mm -hmm. They give you just enough. I love that. Mm -hmm. Anyways, you can also skip the snowy schlep to the grocery store and stock up on snacks, sides, desserts, and more at HelloFresh Market. Yeah, you simply add these staples and sweets to your weekly order and they'll arrive at your doorstep along with your meals. HelloFresh also now owns Green Chef, another one of our delicious sponsors to provide an even wider variety of options. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions are ready in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, mm. seared steak and potatoes with bearnaise sauce, mm. or Southwest pork and bean burritos. Yum. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump21 and use code NewsDump21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash NewsDump21 with code NewsDump21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. All right, back to the news now. And we will start off the second half of this show with some good news that comes in the wake of bad news. I'll still take the good news. So the availability of abortion pills is about to grow exponentially thanks to the Food and Drug Administration who, quote, finalized a rule change that broadens the availability of abortion pills to many more pharmacies, including large chains and mail order companies, which is great, especially when you consider that it's been less than a year since the Supreme Court clamped down on abortion access. Uh, here's more from AP's reporting. The Biden administration partially implemented the change last year, announcing it would no longer enforce a long-standing requirement that women pick up the medicine in person. Tuesday's action formally updates the drug's labeling to allow many more retail pharmacies to dispense the pills, so long as they complete a certification process. The change could expand access at both brick-and-mortar stores and online pharmacies. Women can get a prescription via telehealth consultation with a health professional and then receive the pills through the mail, where permitted by law. Still, the rule change's impact has been blunted by numerous state laws limiting abortion broadly and the pills specifically. Legal experts foresee years of court battles over access to the pills as abortion rights proponents bring test cases to challenge state restrictions. Yeah, that's going to be a long, this is, annoying process. Yep. But, um, well, anyway. In we got to fight for it. Yeah. So, In addition to that, it was announced on Thursday of this week that South Carolina's Supreme Court has struck down a law that banned abortions after six weeks, thus expanding the time frame for women to receive abortions from six weeks to 20 weeks. Which, again, every time this comes up, most people don't know they're pregnant at six weeks. Yeah, so... But things are barely happening. You might have a slight inkling that something's a little off, but there is a decent chance that you can get pregnant and... If you're not looking for it, in, chances are you might not find it. Yeah. yeah. So here's the Washington Post. 
The South Carolina Supreme Court struck down the state's six-week abortion ban on Thursday, ruling that the law that restricted abortions after detectable fetal cardiac activity an unreasonable restriction upon a woman's right to privacy and unconstitutional. And because this is now a state's rights issue, the federal Supreme Court appears to have their hands tied. Oh, well. Oops. Sorry, Amy. Yeah. Uh, moving, Sorry, Brett. <laughs> moving over to a story that sprung up while we were on break. Epic Games has been ordered to pay half a billion dollars over privacy violations that, quote, put children at risk of harm and claims that Fortnite contained dark patterns to trick players into making unwanted purchases. So uh, get your claims ready if you are a parent or you think that you were tricked into buying V-Bucks. Yeah. Here's The Verge with more on this. Epic Games and the Federal Trade Commission reached a $520 million settlement over claims the Fortnite developer broke online privacy protection laws for kids and tricked players into buying in-game items via the Wall Street Journal. The settlement includes a record $275 million penalty to settle alleged violations of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Rule, COPPA, and $245 million over a purchasing setup that could trick players and allow them to buy things by accident. What? As part of the FTC's proposed court order, Epic will need to obtain parents' permission before enabling voice and text chat for underage players. That was apparently something that was happened was it's just on by default. So uh, children, of which they had no idea whose ages they were, were uh, getting, you know, bullied, threats, uh, words that they probably shouldn't be hearing. I wonder if Epic, like, programmed the game so, like, you'd think it was coming from other players, but it was just a pre-recorded thing. Like, we got a default skin over here. We got a default skin. <laughs> what a loser. <laughs> default. Beg your parents for, for new skins. Uh, it continues, Epic will also have to delete any personal information it previously collected from Fortnite players, quote, unless the company obtains parental consent to retain such data or the user identifies as 13 or older through a neutral age gate. Mm. Probably just go ahead and let them delete some information. Doesn't before seem you. too foolproof there. Mm -hmm. uh, the article continues, adding, Epic is also paying $245 million to reimburse customers for its alleged use of dark patterns that dupe players into, quote, making unwanted purchases and let children rack up unauthorized charges without any parental involvement. A dark pattern is a user interface designed to trick users into selecting certain options that aren't in the consumer's interest. In Epic's case, the FTC claims Fortnite's counterintuitive, inconsistent, and confusing button configuration resulted in players making hundreds of millions of dollars in unintended in-game purchases based on the price of a single button. What? Wow. <laughs> the FTC additionally accuses Epic Games of charging account holders without their authorization. Until 2018, the agency says Epic let children purchase Fortnite's in-game currency V-Bucks without the consent of their parents or the credit card holder. It also alleges that Epic locked the accounts of customers who attempted to dispute the unauthorized charges and threatened to ban them for life if they tried to fight future charges. You think your child is upset now that you're trying to return their skins? Wait till we ban their account for life. Damn, yeah, it's, uh, they deleted my Fortnite account. I deleted their life account. Mm -hmm. But we should probably close out the episode with uh, a little more entertainment news. Hey, uh, Hollywood. So uh, let's check in with Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who is probably, understandably, a little upset with how things are playing out over at DC Films, considering how intensely he promoted Black Adam. This is very personal to him. Yeah, apparently behind the scenes, The Rock was uh, so confident that he was the future of the DC Universe that he made all kinds of demands and had a vision for a slate of films that will now never be made. Here's Variety with more. 
Not long after the Warner Brothers Discovery merger closed in April, Dwayne Johnson directly pitched CEO David Zaslav on a multi-year plan for Black Adam and a Cavill-led Superman in which the two properties would interweave, setting up a Superman versus Black Adam showdown, sources say. Black Adam producers Hiram Garcia, who is Johnson's former brother-in-law, and Bo Flynn also were part of the Brain Trust looking to take DC down a new path. Other sources confirmed the meeting but downplayed any discussion of Black Adam's future. Although the move took place amid a power vacuum created as former DC head Walter Hamada and Warner Brothers film chief Toby Emmerich prepared to exit, it ruffled feathers internally, sources add. Quote, Dwayne went around everyone, which didn't sit well, says one. It continues, but Black Adam, which bowed October 21st, fizzled with a $391 million worldwide haul against a $195 million budget plus $40 million in reshoots, scuttling any plans for more outings for the lightning bolt wielding antihero and officially ending the Cavill Superman era. Cavill parted ways with his manager, Johnson's ex-wife, Danny Garcia, this year, but a source says it was unrelated to the DC drama and she remains a strategic advisor to the actor. Meanwhile, the Johnson-Warner's relationship already was wearing thin after Johnson pushed for a producing credit on the animated film DC League of Super Pets, which opened in July but did little to promote it. The actor also insisted on a tequila bar at the New York premiere of Black Adam featuring his Terramana brand, despite the film being rated PG-13. Quote, his demands increased and the returns just weren't there, notes another insider. He loves that tequila. He, I mean, the well, man is nothing but a... He, he he's loves a, he's the market. a pitch man, yeah. But that's the thing. is like, it's not just The Rock. It's every celebrity with a following doing an alcohol brand because they know that it, within a couple months, if it's successful, InBev will come knocking and be like, um, I don't know, it's worth a billion dollars. I don't know if that's the case I don't anymore. think it's the case I think anymore. It's, it's too oversaturated. Like, I, I saw an article a while back. It was like a list of every celebrity liquor mm -hmm. brand, and it was like... Way more than I ever would have guessed. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I got a bottle of Terramia for my birthday or a while back. So I got the I got the rock tequila. Oh, I got you the Breaking Bad one, I think. Yeah, I got the rock tequila. I got the Breaking Air, Bad Air Paul, Brian Cranston, Mezcal, and I have the George Clooney uh, tequila. The George Clooney cabinet. one is the one success story. Yeah. He, I Everyone, think he sold it for a billion dollars. Yeah, but he was first, the first one there. It's diminishing returns. Also, this was yeah. happening during a, a, a time where the U.S. was flush with free cash. So now yeah. that it's not, uh, a lot of these uh, ventures are probably going to go under. Yeah. But it is kind of fascinating to watch the endless hustle and energy of The Rock actually kind of blow up in his face a little bit. I mean, he spread himself really thin. He does everything. Uh, and look, he's an okay actor, you know, but he kind of plays the same role in Is a, the American a lot of movie going public finally experiencing rock fatigue? I think so. Because I would, I would be understandable if they were. Not, not only does he, you know, in some cases play a very similar character, but in a lot of cases dresses exactly the same in those films as well. So yeah. they kind of blur. Um, but yeah, uh, add on all the various brands and products and uh, his insane exercise regimen. Uh, and it's all going to eventually catch up to him. I mean, you're going to get old. I'm sorry. Like, bravo to him for everything that he's done. I'm not hating he's, on The Rock at he's all. He's the, the only thing that his generation has in terms of that level of action star. Like back in the 80s and mostly the 80s, we yeah. had, you know, Schwarzenegger, Stallone. We had... Bruce Willis, like Dwayne Johnson is like pretty much the last of that 
Yeah, and he's inspirational. Archetype. He is inspirational. Yeah, he's, he's very successful. I met him. Yeah. He's, a, he's a very nice man. Yeah. Um, no, I don't have anything bad to say about him other yeah. than, like, it does seem like he's trying to do it all. Yeah. And sometimes that doesn't work very well. Yeah, especially um, when you're, like, joining an existing franchise that's already got a lot of cooks in the kitchen. And they're like... I, I, I would I have, mean, he, he I would pretty, have a panic attack looking at his daily schedule. He so. pretty much... This is what happened with the Fast franchise. He showed up, like, five movies in and was well-liked and very successful at it. And, like, it fucking pissed Vin Diesel off. And he's like, wait, this was my fucking thing. And this guy just shows up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's understandable. Vin Diesel was still a weird little baby about all that. But, yeah. like, I do understand. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I, I, I just watched Glass Onion last night. I know you watched it uh, a while ago, but uh, or when it came out. But aside from that, all the other movies, I have to hand it to Dave Bautista, who is getting more and more interesting roles and has actually become a pretty damn good character actor. Yeah, I he, I love Dave Bautista. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's a joy. And anytime he shows up in something, I'm like hell yeah. It's weird that this like he, he him maybe even more than Dwayne Johnson. Uh, it's like anytime you see him, it like I've seen him in real life. He doesn't blend in. Mm-hmm. So it, it's similar. It's like it's like Arnold in like Kindergarten Cop, where you're like, all right, this is like literally the world's strongest man. Like why is nobody freaking out? Like, Dave Bautista is, his, his proportions, he looks like a fucking Gears of War character. Yeah. So just, like, having him in the movie as just, like, a character requires look, some suspension of disbelief. Look, it, maybe people will grow tired of Dave Bautista as well, but uh, he seems to be at least self-aware because he's like, I'm not doing Drax anymore. I'm, yeah. I'm in my 50s. It takes hours to do the makeup. I have to keep this outrageous physique. And And Dave Bautista gets more interesting roles because he doesn't insist on being the lead. He's like... Fuck I'm just happy up. to be a part. Of it. I don't care if you like kill me off or I'm only in like part of the movie, whatever. Like, yeah, and I then he gets act. to say that he was in Dune and Blade Runner. Yeah, which is way cooler than saying you're in Jumanji. I'm, I'm sorry. I love. Look, The Rock's a nice guy. So there's your positivity. Dave Bautista's a real nice guy too. They're both great. Yeah. Uh, anyways, <laughs> ending, ending on some <laughs> positivity. Uh, maybe a little backhanded positivity on The Rock's part. But look, a very busy man. I'm intimidated by him and his schedule. In the meantime, if for some reason you uh, missed our first episode back, it's a doozy. So please head over and check it out. Uh, also, thank you for uh, showing up. It's always nerve-wracking to like come back and be like, I hope people remember that we have a channel here. But uh, you did. You showed up. You and, did great. And we didn't even ask for likes last time. And there were so many likes, so I'm going to ask for it this time. Let's see what happens. More likes. Uh, thank you uh, for watching. Video's up there now if you want to check out our most recent one. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. And we'll see you new- uh, soon for some weekly weird news. Bye-bye. Bye.